Thank you, Jesus. Just lift up your hands to the Lord as a sign of honor and reverence to the maker of our lives. The one in whom we live and move and have a being. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You're going to observe a minute of silence. Before his presence. A sacred one minute. Where you think on nothing but him alone. Where you picture yourself before his throne. And giving him adoration. Don't get tired lifting up your hands to him. It's a sign of how surrendered you are. There is a protocol for, for approaching his presence. And one key protocol for worship is reverence. You're showing honor and respect to his presence. He's real. And we are before him. Unto you we give all the praise and honor. This morning, we ask that you enlighten us with the light of your word. Take absolute control over this meeting. Let your name be glorified. Thank you. Open the eyes of our understanding. And fill us with the knowledge of your will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That we will walk worthy of you unto all pleasing. Bearing fruit in every good work. And increasing in the knowledge of God. Thank you for feeding us today. We bless your name in Jesus name. Amen. Please be seated. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon his name and make known his deeds amongst the people. Sing unto him. Sing psalms unto him. Talk ye of his wondrous works. Glory ye in his holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Remember his marvelous works that he had done his wonders and the judgments of his mouth Psalm 105 from the verse 1 to 5 hallelujah now we are 
continue with our series on the blessedness of the word. The blessedness of the word. I wish I could do a recap, but I would advise that you get the teaching on our podcast. Now, listening to the word of God has been made very easy. You just need to download any podcast from your Play Store on your Android or iPhone, and you just type Isaac Lafpapo, then you can be able to listen to our audios. Now, we have close to 32 countries listening to the audios, and many lives have been blessed and transformed. And I strongly believe that you can't just listen to it for just one time and expect to see a certain level of transformation in your life. You've got to feed on the word of God just like you eat daily. Praise God. So last two weeks, we began to look at um, our attitude towards the word of God. We are looking at the blessedness of the word. And we've said a lot about the essence of the word of God. One striking thing I don't want anybody to forget in this meeting is, um, you know, to have a walk in this life, you need two legs. Likewise, to have a walk with God, you also need two spiritual legs. The first leg of the believer is prayer and the second leg of the believer is the word of God. Now, these elements in the life of the believer is very important because they are the major aids for a spiritual walk with God. So when the word of God and prayer is taken out of the life of any believer, he becomes spiritually paralyzed. And we all know that anyone that is paralyzed may be alive, but that person can be very ineffective in dealings of life. So Satan seeks to cripple and paralyze the believer's walk with God so that though he may be alive in Christ, he, he will be useless to God as, as far as purpose and kingdom matters is concerned. Which is why every child of God needs to make the word of God and prayer a predominant feature in their lives. As we speak about the blessedness of, of the word of God, there is a certain posture, there's a certain attitude that we need to observe if we want to profit from the word of God. So when we are engaging you to study the word of God, we are not just saying take your Bible and read. If you don't understand the various protocols or the various attitudes that needs to be observed, you may not be able to harvest much from the word of God. Praise God. And we said that the first attitude towards approaching the word of God is number one, Knowing that the, vo- the word of God is God's voice to us and our guide for spirituality. I'm sure many of us are here, uh, we want to hear from God. I've seen many people expecting that God will come and appear to them and speak to them audibly. Now, in as, in as much as that can be possible, where God, by his own sovereignty can choose to speak to you audibly he does not always do that of course even god does that occasionally when there is something important he wants to do but we in the new testament will not always experience the hearing of god's audible voice 
we will not always have dreams. We will not always have visions. So if we depend on dreams, visions, trances, and the direct audible voice of God as a guide for our spiritual walk, we may, we may quickly or we may eventually end up into error or spiritual dryness. So God found a way to articulate his intent, his mind, his thought, his purpose, his will in a material that everybody can easily understand in their own language. So, so that God is no longer a mystery to man. Listen, the Bible is the revelation of God to man. God is not complicated. God is not mystical anymore. Jesus came to demystify who God is. And um, the written word of God is a revelation of God whereby a man can read, study, and know God. So anytime we approach scripture, the first attitude is to know that the voice of God is communicating to me. God is speaking to me. I've said that over and over here that prayer is you talking to God. Bible study is God talking to you. It's very simple. So if you want to talk to God, you pray. If you want God to talk to you, you do what? You study the word of God. So this is no longer mystical. So whether there's a dream or there's no dream, whether there's a vision or there's no vision, you can still experience God because you can still hear his voice. The word of God is the most accurate voice of God that does not fail. You got to put that down. The word of God, which is scripture, is the most accurate voice of God you can ever hear. I repeat that again. The word of God is the most accurate voice of God that you can hear. You can't fully depend on dreams. You can't fully depend on visions, but you can fully depend on the word of God. So that is your first attitude. So when you take your Bible, know that God's voice is in the pages of scripture. Are you getting that? Number two, we said the second attitude is to treasure and treasure the word of God as a sustenance more than gold and food. We should view or see the word of God as our treasure and sustenance worth more than gold and food. And we know that gold is actually wealth. Food is what makes our health, right? So when we say we, we need to treasure the word of God as gold, as something worth more than gold and food, what we are saying is that the word of God is your greatest treasure and the word of God is your sustenance because, because without food no man can be sustained so when you come to the word of god you are you have come to wealth you have come to eat without it you you will not have spiritual sustenance you'll be hungry so when you come to the word of god you have come to a spiritual dining table to eat that's the second attitude are you following this 
Number three, we said you need to believe the Bible as final authority. Final authority. Final authority. Which unveils the revelation of God. Please. Without the Bible, everybody can have his own idea about God. Hallelujah. Today there are people who say that there's no hell. Life is just life. You can still live your life. When you die, you die. That's not true. When you read the Bible, there is a place to be in eternity. If the word of God does not reveal how the spirit realm looks like, if the word of God does not reveal who God looks like, everybody is going to have their own interpretation about life. So God's word is final authority about life, about God, about nature. Some people even believe that God is not creator. Some believe that there's something like evolution. We were just there and the whole world came. All the trees came. The mountains came. Even these chairs came. Now, but you see, you need to realize, even this chair you are seeing here, it is here because a human being made it. The dress you are wearing, you are, the dress you are wearing, someone made it. So, even the physical things that were made by men are evidence that there is a manufacturer behind everything. Likewise, nature is a testimony that there is a manufacturer and a creator who made it. So, anybody who does not believe that God made everything we see in nature has first lost his sincerity to even be begin to talk about believing Jesus. So the word of God is final authority. If you want to understand creation, find out what the word of God has said about creation. That is final. When you want to know about hell, find out what the Bible says about hell. You want to know about marriage, find out what the word of God has got to do or say about marriage. That is the final authority. Faith, you find out faith in the word. Heaven, you know the religion of heaven as final authority from the word of God. Am I helping you? So your attitude is to approach it as God's final authority to me. What I see here is final. Human logic does not contribute to what I'm seeing here because this is final. Are you following? Now, which is today's message? The fourth attitude towards the word of God. If you, if you want to really enjoy or be blessed by the word of God, the fourth attitude is that you must mix the word of God with faith. Uh, Hebrews chapter 4, the verse 2. The word of God must be mixed with faith. Can I tell you something? If faith is not mixed with the word of God, it will remain powerless. Do you know there was a time Jesus walked upon water? You read that in scripture, right? He walked upon water and he came to Peter. And Peter thought he was a ghost. So he wanted to confirm whether it was really Jesus or it was a ghost. And he said to Jesus, Master, if it is really you, then bid me to come. And Jesus said, come. 
That was the word. Peter could have chosen not to come. What Peter did to the word come was to mix the word come with faith. That made him come. And what happened to him? He began to also walk on water. Which means that when we mix the word of God with faith, we begin to experience what it is. When we mix the word of God with faith, we begin to what? Experience what it says. Which means that if God's word has said something about or concerning your life, if it's not mixed with faith, you won't see the reality. So I've seen people say that the Bible is not true. God's word is not a lie. No, 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 no. I'm going to come there soon. It's an attitude. So when you're doing your morning devotion, you're, you're reading the Bible, you're listening to a message, you must mix it with faith. Now look, the Bible says, for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. Now if you read from Hebrews 1, you understand he's talking about the Old Testament people. He was talking about Israel. Now what we are hearing today as gospel is not a new message. God started preaching the gospel in the Old Testament. They had the gospel or had the gospel as shadows. We have the gospel as substance. Are you following this? So, the gospel is not new. So, the writer of Hebrew is saying that unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto the Israelites. But the word of God did not what? Profit them not being mixed with faith in them that had it. Can you imagine? God said to Israel, I'm taking you to the promised land. They went to spy the place. They saw giants. They said, we are not well able. They didn't believe the word of God. And all of them perished in the wilderness for 40 years. They did not mix the word of God with faith. Listen. There's a reason why the Bible says in Hebrews 11.6 that without faith, it is impossible to please God. The, one of the first, the basic ways of beginning to please God is to take God as it were, to believe him. You may not understand, but the Bible says in Hebrews 11, the verse 2, he says, by faith we understand. That means the only way we understand is by faith. Please, are you following this? So, the word of God must be mixed with faith before you can profit from it. In other words, there is no profit when no faith is attached to the word of God. Are we following this thing? Now, I put some very important thing here which I believe is going to help you. Are you ready? The word of God gives visibility to the realm of the spirit and the realm of God. A very important statement is going to really bless your life. The word of God gives visibility to the realm of the spirit and the realm of God. This is deep. I'll repeat again. The word of God gives visibility to the realm of the spirit and the realm of God. What am I saying? If you want to see in the spirit realm, see it through God's word. If you want to see into the realm of the spirit, you must begin by seeing it through the word of God. Because the word of God is the portal into the realm of the spirit. 
What we behold in the word of God is what we behold in the spirit. So for example, you see in the scriptures about angels, you have not seen angels, but the revelation you catch about angels in the word of God must give you visibility of the reality of angels in the spirit, though you have not seen angels. So the revelation of the word of God becomes your visibility. That's how you see. Let me tell you something. You know, there are people who see in the spirit. They are called seers. You don't need to be a prophet to be a seer. There are people who are just gifted. They can see. I know of one young man, one young boy, by the time he was, I think, five years old, his eyes was open. He'll be going to the market and then he'll see somebody walking on the head instead of walking on the legs. They say, Mama, Mama, see, he's walking with the head. The woman will look at the person. The person is walking with two legs. Please, are you following this? So, there are people who naturally they can see in the spirit world, but not everybody can see in the realm of the spirit. So, God gives, gave us his word so that we can all have an experience of the life in the spirit realm. But anyone that walks by faith or uses the visibility of faith to see in the spirit realm is more powerful than the one who is seeing real, in real life. Because, you see, this is amazing. Now, the person whose eyes is open and then he's seeing... Uh, which is walking with your head in market. That person may be going like this, and the person will see the person and say, hey, the person will pass this way. You didn't see it, you are just walking in tongues. You will pass through the person without even knowing. Which one is better? Which one is better? Yeah! You go and buy a food, somebody whose eyes is open will see that the, the meat is not meat. The meat it's a human tie that has been sold in the market. Now, you will see, they say, mm -mm, I won't eat. Somebody will go and buy the same food, put his hands on it, Father, in Jesus' name, sanctify this food. Then suddenly, the human tie becomes chicken tie. <laughs> By the word of prayer. Now, that prayer of faith is more powerful than the one who saw it and said, I won't eat. Are you getting this thing? So, when you are able to see with the realm of scripture, you are powerful. So, the word of God gives us visibility into the realm of the spirit. I'm teaching you. So now, if you don't believe what you see in his word, it is likely you won't believe what you see in the spirit. So what we are trying to say is that your value of the word of God tells your value for the realm of the spirit. <laughs> and here's the bomber for this point. Are you ready? Faith in the word of God is the advantage we have in the realm of the spirit. Faith in the word of God is the believer's advantage in the spirit realm. Faith in the word of God is the believer's advantage in the realm of the spirit. Oh, 
Are we following this? Now, let's go to number five. The fit attitude in approaching the word of God. If you want to profit from the word of God, if you want the word of God to transform your life, the fit attitude is read. Okay, sorry. The word of God must be read, studied, memorized, meditated upon, spoken, and sung. I repeat again. The word of God must be read, reading. The word of God must be studied, studies. The word of God must be memorized, meditated upon, spoken, and sung. Now, this attitude must be part of your approach to the word of God. So when you come to the word of God, you are coming to read, to do what again? Steady, uh-huh. Memorized, uh-huh. Meditated upon and and spoken and sung. Listen, if you know how to do these, how many things have I said? One, two, three, four, five, six. If you know how to do these six things with the word of God, you'll be a champion in no time. There are some who read it, they don't study it. There are some who study it, they don't memorize it. There are some who memorize, they don't meditate upon it. There are some who meditate, they don't speak it. There are some who speak it, they don't sing it. Now, all these things you are just seeing have different roles they play in our lives. Such that missing any one of them is missing one ingredient of the word of God you may not benefit from. Are you following what I'm saying? Now, let me help you to understand the, the value and essence of all these six things that I'm going to make mention. Are you ready? Now, reading the Bible, put this notes down, this is very helpful information I'm giving to you. Reading the Bible is exposure to scripture. Reading the Bible is being exposed to scripture. That is the starting point of getting to the word of God. So if you only read the Bible, you have only been exposed to the word of God as your starting point. And that is all. That is all there is. Please, are you following this? So let's assume that um, there's a house of gold, right? And the house of gold is, there are three bedrooms. And then the gold is in the third bedroom. You manage to open the third bedroom and then you, you saw the gold, right? That is what Bible reading does. It exposes you. It puts you into the room where there's the gold. But the fact that you're in the room where there's gold, does it mean you have taken the gold? No. So reading the Bible is your exposure to scripture. Following? Now, studying the Bible is the saturation of scripture. Studying the Bible is the saturation of scripture. When you do Bible study, because the Bible is now explained to you, you become saturated with what you are reading. 
Please, are you following this? So, reading the Bible is what? Is what? I'm not feeling you guys. Is exposure to scripture. Studying the Bible is saturation of scripture. Now, so when you start studying, the process is not beginning. You, you, you are now entering to deeper realms of the word of God. So please, don't remain at Bible reading. It is good, but it's not enough. You have just started. So Bible reading is exposure. Bible study is what? Saturation. Bible study means that you are not just reading the verse. You now want to understand the verse. So you have a steady Bible. You are using a dictionary. You are checking some concordances. You are checking some, uh, you know, notes. Extra notes. You are checking Google. What does this scripture mean? Then you type it there. You are getting different meanings and you're, you are now getting saturated with the word. Are you getting that? Now, that is not all. Memorizing scripture is retention of scripture. This is good. I was in prayer. The Lord started giving me all this information. Memorizing the Bible is what? Retention of scripture. So you are now transferring the Bible from a book to your mind. That's another experience altogether. So memorizing of scripture is the transfer of the words of the Bible from the book into your memory. That's what we call the memorize. Into your memory. So you can say them without looking to the word of God. That also has an advantage. Because anyone who has memorized scripture becomes confident when he's communicating the word. Let's take the process again. Reading the Bible is what? Exposure to scripture. It's like I've entered the room with gold. You have been exposed to the gold. Bible study is what? Saturation. The explanation, how the word of God comes alive to you, it saturates your soul. Bible memorization is what? Retention of scripture. Now, the thing you are, you are studying, you must be able to retain some in your memory. Because some Read the Bible, study it, and forget it. Are you following? Are you being blessed at all? Now, so from there, we move to the meditation. Meditation of scripture is the absorption of scripture. Meditation of scripture is absorption. You are absorbing it. Oh, you you know, you are absorbing the nutrient from the scripture. That's, see, so now, I don't want to go ahead of myself. I want to say this. It is in meditation of scripture that we find transformation. This particular area. So anybody who doesn't take his time to meditate upon scripture won't be easily transformed. Yeah, I'm telling you this. So to meditate means to think upon. It means to ponder. To reason. To think upon. To brood on the word of God. So for example. If any man be in Christ is a new creature. Now you begin to spend 10 minutes thinking upon it. I'm a new creature. I'm a new creature. What you are doing is that. Now it's not just a verse you are reading. It's not just a verse you study. 
It's not just a verse you're memorizing. Now you are absorbing the life. Oh, you are absorbing the thing. To the life in that scripture now becomes or enters your life. So meditation is what? The absorption of scripture. Are we following this thing? Now, speaking the word of God is what we call confession of scripture. Confession of scripture. Ebashatalemo. <laughs> So confession of scripture, okay? That's that's speaking the word of God. So speaking the word of God is confession of scripture. Now, at this time, you know, I said that meditation of scripture is the absorption of the word of God, right? Which is where there's transformation, right? Now, speaking of scripture or confession of scripture now becomes your weapon. That's the believer's weapon. Every revelation you catch must be spoken. If you don't speak it, it won't be real. Are you are you getting this thing? Is the thing working at all? Are you sure? Ask the person that is the thing working. Is the thing working? Ask ask the person in PG. They, they, they work. It they work. Shake the person. So say they work and I they work. Ask another person. You debab. You debab the thing the pastor they talk about. What pastor they talk? You debab him. You debab him. Ask him. <laughs> Finally, singing the word of God is the melody of scripture. Singing the word of God is what? So now, the word of God that is now, that is read and studied and meditated and memorized and spoken is now sung. Most of the worship songs and songs we sing is the word of God that is being sung. Now, the word of God is now forming a melody in your life because you see, music is very powerful. So, if the content of music is the word of God, it has an impact in your subconscious mind. From the rising of the sun to the setting of the same, your name is to be hallowed. From the rising of the sun to the setting of the same your name is to be hallowed Adonai. from the rising second of the sun to the setting of the same your name your name is to be Adonai one more time from the rising of the sun 
Now, look at that. Can we read together? One, two, go. From the rising of the sun unto the going down of the same, the lost name is to be... So this, this song you are singing is a verse. But you see, you will easily appreciate it if it is put in a melody. So most of you are enjoying the word of God without knowing you are singing it. <laughs> Ah, ah, we could have just said Adonai, but this one we just added Adonai. It's simply Adonai. Adonai. From the rising of the sun to the setting of the same your name is to be alone. I don't know. I don't scripture have the advantage when you read the word of God you are exposed to the word of God when you study the word of God you are saturated with the word of God it fills your life are you getting that when you memorize the word of God you retain the content of the word which influences your mindset are you following that now when you meditate on scripture the life of scripture is taking into your spirit man 
And when you speak scripture, it becomes a weapon. But when you sing scripture, according to Ephesians 5.18, you are filled with the spirit. He says, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess. You see, when a man is drunk with wine, he begins to behave or live under the influence of the wine. So when he talks, you will know this guy is boost. You know why? Because the alcohol begins to control his life. He says in that same way, you must be filled with the spirit, which means you must be intoxicated with the Holy Ghost until the Holy Ghost begins to influence you. Which means the believer's alcohol is the Holy Ghost. So, if you want to be drunk, he says be filled with the spirit. How can you be filled with the spirit? Now look, now that word be filled with the spirit is a continuous thing. It's a continuous tense. It's not something you do once. It's like you buy a car in one day, but for the car to keep moving, you must fill it with gas or fuel every single day. So you receive the Holy Ghost as a car in one day, but to keep the car moving, you must fill it. And the Bible says, how do you do it? Speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Singing, singing, and making melody in your heart to the Lord. So the same psalms you speak to yourself, you now sing it. Hear me? If you take singing out of Christianity, there's no spirituality. I repeat, if you take singing out of Christianity, there is no spirituality. Because spirituality is not complete without singing. Check your Bible in the book of Revelation. There is a song of the Lamb. Everybody will sing it. There is a song of Moses. We will sing it. So there is going to be singing in heaven. So songs will never end. That is why Satan is influencing the world today with songs. Because what you sing reveals what you worship. What you sing reveals who you worship. I'm telling you. <laughs> you see, that's why as a believer, you can't sing any song. Because your songs are your faith. Your songs are an evidence of what you believe and who you believe. Your songs are an evidence of what you worship and who you worship. My goodness. So you sing songs that glorify Jesus. So sometimes in the book of Psalm, when you are reading, you can make your own song. You don't need to tell us the song. We don't need to learn the song, but you can sing your own songs. Some of the psalms you put in the song, see, if we don't like your voice, Jesus will like it. <laughs> Please, are, are you getting what I'm saying? Mm. Now, you know, the Bible tells us that in the book of Revelation, that Satan still drew one third of what? The, the what? The angels. That means that the angelic realm is, is in three dimensions. And they, they, all, they all have archangels representing them. Michael is the one in charge of war and he has angels. He has one third who are under him. Gabriel is in charge of information. He has one third under him. And then Satan was in charge of worship. He was in charge of God's presence. The priesthood system. Satan was the one managing it. And there, there were angels, a third of the angels were behind him. When he rebelled, he took one third. So 
Heaven has suffered a great loss when Satan rebelled. So right now, God looks to the earth to receive real worship. That's why he says, for the hour coming now is when the true worshippers will worship the Father in the spirit realm. So don't joke with worship. Don't joke with singing. Don't, don't joke with it. It's a serious matter in heaven. Don't miss worship. If you come to church and worship is over, you are over. Because listen, everything that we do in the kingdom, eh, we give, we, we, we receive from God. What I'm doing to you, I'm giving you the word of God. So you are receiving from God. The only thing we give to God is worship. That's the only thing we give to him. So by the time you come and we are done, what we are supposed to give to him, we have given. So you come and receive. And re remember, the Bible says that it is more blessed to give than to receive. So there's more blessing in giving to God than receiving from God. Yesterday, a man of God was teaching. He made a profound statement. Those times, David, David did 24-hour worship. Go and, go and do studies. He employed 4,000 singers and paid them. They did not work. They were arranged in groups, playing different instruments, singing different keys and parts in the tabernacle of David. Now, the, the tabernacle was two. There was the first one, which was the temple of Solomon. David built another one called the tabernacle of David. That one, they did only worship inside. That one didn't have the Holy of Holies. When you enter, you have entered the Holies. <laughs> so David didn't waste time. When you enter, they only did worship 24 hours. Why do you think David was a man after God's own heart? God's own heart. Most of the Psalms you are reading was not only written by David. Go and check. You know, when you are reading your Bible, a good Bible, of course, you will notice that some of the Psalms don't write the right time. You don't pay attention. One was written by Asaph. He was one of his key singers. Yes. And Asaph's children were also singers. Those times when they meet like this. Hey! <laughs> The instruments they play. David created his own instruments and made them play it 24-7. So, 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 man of God said, there are prayer chains, but no worship chains. So, the presence of God has been chained. If you want to enjoy a saturation of God's presence, keep an atmosphere of worship around you. Because it is the word of God that has been fused with melody. So it's like you are praising God, you are worshipping him with the same Bible, the same word of God, but you have put it in tune. And he's saying that you speak to yourselves in psalms and hymns and what? Spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart. So, when the word of God begins to help the melody of your heart, what you are doing is that you are singing the word of God. In the bathroom, sing. I'm telling you, make melodies. Now, you see, there's a reason why our Christianity is not wrong. There's a reason why God tells us to study, read the Bible, memorize, meditate, and sing. Do you know that whatever you are singing, there is a certain concentration you have on it? 
Let me tell you something. Satan is apt to distracting your mind. The agenda of Satan is to replace the thoughts of God with other thoughts. So if you don't take care, you will think of your problems and your afflictions and your financial situation more than on God. And what that happens is that it weakens your faith. That is why God is telling us to be singing. Because when you begin singing, your mind focuses on the Lord and you begin to magnify him. And many Christians don't know that when God is telling us to be doing this thing, it's for our own good. It protects our heart. It protects our heart. So now, reading the Bible is what? What? I can't hear. Let's say it together. It's what? Exposure to scripture. Studying the Bible is what? Saturation of scripture. Memorizing the scripture is what? Meditating upon scripture is what? Speaking scripture is what? Singing scripture is what? Wow. Is that a good message? So, your voice does not need a key. Sing it. Sing to him. It's very powerful. What I'm saying is very powerful. I'm telling you. Your name is to be hallowed. Adonai. From the rising of the sun to the setting of the sun, your name is to be alone. From the rising, from the rising. Of the sun to the setting of the same, your name is to be alone. From the rising of the sun. To the setting of the saints, your name is to be Adonai. Ah, ah, ah. 
yourselves in Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Now, when you check the word spiritual songs, you'll be shocked. You know what spiritual songs mean? It means chant. It means chants. You know, um, some other religions, they, they have chants. You know, that word chant was never a bad word. It was because believers never took advantage of it. Unbelievers took advantage of it and that word has become a bad word. So, when people, when you chant, it's like you are invoking a spirit. It's, it's like an incantation. So, you see, some people from the, you know, this YouTube page, you'll be doing, um, um, what, what are they doing chanting? So, our chant is, ah, 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 ah. So, listen, so our chant is the word of God. Yahweh, Yahweh, Yahweh. Yahweh, Yahweh, Yahweh. Yahweh, Yahweh, Yahweh. Yahweh, Yahweh. Aya, ya, ya. Aya, ya, ya. Aya, ya, ya. Elohim, Adonai. Aya, ya, ya. Aya, ya, ya. Invoking the spirit, invoking the spirit. Listen, atmospheres matter. Can I tell you something? When you go to a beer bar or you go to a club, there is a presence there. When you enter that place, one thing now will hit you is last. It is easy to be on a power of last because that atmosphere has invoked the spirit responsible for immorality there when you are in a nightclub environment nothing comes to mind but sin so hear me your atmosphere can change your mood your atmosphere can change your decisions your atmosphere can influence your life I'm telling you this There's an atmosphere that can make you angry. Listen, sounds are powerful. I hope you are aware. Sound, sound is powerful. They carry waves in them. 
How can a man of God be online saying, I command every sickness in your body to go? You, you are in your house. He says, I command any sickness. What do you think is causing that? The Holy Ghost is flowing through the wave. So if the Holy Ghost can flow through a wave, a spirit can flow through a worldly music into your house. Oh, you don't know this. Have you seen a witch flying with the broom before? Which means that in the realm of the spirit, everything is possible. So you can be in US and your grandmother can visit you without play. <laughs> you will see granny, granny, granny without playing. She can be there. They are, see, they are better technologies than playing. <laughs> you don't know this thing. I'm shocked you do. I'm shocked you don't know. I'm shocked you don't know. So, Obitman will cross it bye bye. They will say bye bye. We'll catch up. You know, the Bible tells us that Ahab went and then the hand of God came upon Elijah and he outran Ahab's chariots. That means that there are things faster than cars in the realm of the spirit. Hey, haven't you heard a prophet said, I. In a spirit, I'm in your hometown. How did he get there in the natural? We can travel. Please, are you getting this thing? We can travel. In the spirit. It's a teleport. Hey. Teleporting system. So if there's an airport, there's a spirit port. <laughs> So listen, all what you are seeing in Hinduism, what you are seeing in witchcraft, what you are seeing in occultism, they stole all the concept from God. I'm telling you. Blood sacrifice, it came from God. And because of the wickedness of Satan, he uses human beings to mock God. So he makes people sacrifice human beings to laugh at God. That the human beings that you made, I am killing them for sacrifice. And the Old Testament were using animal sacrifices. So all these systems, you can check they are occultic people that use the Bible to do chant. They use seven books of Moses. All these things are there. They stole the concept from us. Chanting, they stole it. Meditation, they stole it. One fell for and meditated to suspend in the air. You are meditating on bitterness. How can you suspend? Hear me. People don't know that this Bible is very powerful, especially when you know how to use it. It's a weapon. I'm telling you. It's alive. It has a heart. It can beat. Yeah. It's alive. Tell somebody it's alive. Number six, quickly. I'm going to state them because next week I want to do the benefits of the word. Number six, willingness to obey. You must approach scripture with a willingness to obey. So once you start approaching the Bible, the, one of the things that you don't compromise is that, Lord, I'm willing to obey. So the blessings of God are in obedience. So 
before you open the Bible, there must be a certain willingness that what I'm about to see, I'm going to obey it. It's an attitude. If you don't have this attitude, you won't profit. So the word of God, unapplied, is useless. In James chapter 1, verse 25, he says, By he... He who looks into the perfect law of liberty and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man is blessed in all, in all he does. Now, it, very interesting. You know, I, I hear some great people say that the believer does not need to be blessed. He's already blessed. Because in Ephesians chapter 1, the verse 3, he says that God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ. Now, there's a difference between the blessings of Ephesians 3. Ephesians 1 3 and other blessings. There are about five blessings in the Bible. It's a message I prepared about three or four years ago. I've not taught it yet. Five major blessings. The first one is spiritual blessings, which we have in Christ. And the Bible stated the spiritual blessings there. Please, are you following this thing? It stated the blessings there. The next one tells us that He chose us to be Him before the foundation of the world. So the first blessing is that we are chosen. That's a spiritual blessing. He says, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. So, redemption is the second blessing. Forgiveness of sins. So, these are spiritual blessings we have in Christ. But there is also the blessings of doing the word. That's the second dimension of blessing. He says that he that is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall. So, it's not something that has already happened. He shall be blessed in all his deeds. Psalm 1 1 blesses the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sitting in the seat of scornful, nor standing in the way of sinners. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, which law he meditated day, day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by what? Rest of waters. His leaves shall not wither, whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. This is the blessings, blessings of obedience of the word. So there is a blessing you will never get if you don't obey the word of God. Meanwhile, you are blessed with all spiritual blessings. And there's blessings also in giving. Which you will never get until you become a giver. All this is in the Bible. And there's blessing through the laying on of hands. A man can communicate a blessing to your life. It can come through your parents. It can come through an anointed man of God. He can bless you. Have you forgotten Jesus laid hands on children and blessed them? Check your Bible. So there are about four or five different dimensions of blessings. Am I teaching good here? So number six is what? Willingness to obey. Number seven, quickly. Seventh approach. The testimony of God's word is true. So your approach to the word of God or your attitude to approaching the word of God is that you must believe that the testimony in the word of God is true. And hear me carefully. If your experience and God's word are not aligning, it is not the word of God. It is you. You need to convince yourself of this. Because I've heard people say that the word of God is a lie. The word of God is not true. No, no, no. When you say that, it's like you are just deceiving yourself. Because God's word can lie. His testimony is true. That's what the scripture said. 
Come with me to Psalm 19, the verse 7. Psalm 19 to the verse 7. Psalm 19, 7. He says, the law of the Lord is perfect. He's telling us God's word is perfect. There's no imperfection in God's word. Converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is what? Sure. Making wise the simple. Look at the next verse. He says, the statutes of the Lord are what? Right. So the word of God is perfect. It is sure. It is right. He says, the commandment of the Lord is what? Pure and light in the eyes. Come to the next verse. He says, the fear of the Lord is clean. So the word of God is the fear of God. And is clean and during forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. So God is telling you what his word is. His word is sure. His word is right. His word is perfect. His word is clean. His word is pure. And his word is righteous and true. So it's, it, you, you, must, you must come or approach the Bible knowing that what you are seeing there is true. If you saw David killing Goliath, it's not a myth. If you saw the opening of the Red Sea for Israel to cross, cross on dry ground, it is not a myth. There are people who don't believe some of the supernatural things that happened. Joshua stopped the sun. And he's the only man that ever did that. Along with Eli, Elisha. Yes. He also reversed time. It is true. Jesus multiplied bread. And according to the Bible, it was 5,000 men. Women were not counted. Children were not counted. He multiplied two, uh, uh, five loaves of bread and two fishes. It's true. So you must approach that, the, the, the word of God by believing that its testimony is true. Number eight. <laughs> the attitude. Number eight is reverence. Reverence. Please don't get familiar with the word of God. No. There's an attitude of reverence you need to attach to the word of God if you want to glean more. So the attitude matters. Some of you, by the time you are doing one hour Bible study, you have listened to about 25 calls. You won't get much. Remember, if the Bible reading or Bible study is God talking to you, that means God was talking to you and you receive 25 calls without asking permission. That is if a call you are supposed to pick is very important because you are dealing with the personality. Reverence. If a father is talking to you, let's say um, a spiritual father is talking to you, maybe I go and visit Prophet Anase or Prophet Achumanase and he's talking to me and I know what he's saying is valuable. I record or I write. Likewise, when God, what God is saying to you is valuable. You're right. So when you're doing Bible study, you have a notebook. You are writing the things the Lord is sharing with you. I, I got a, a, a new diary. I titled it Quiet Time with Jesus. All the things the Lord is teaching me from quiet time, I put it down. And the kind of revelations I've seen in them is powerful. So reference is an attitude. Number nine is desire and hunger. First Peter chapter 2, the verse 2. First Peter chapter 2, the verse 2. 
Can we get a communion ready quickly so we can? First Peter chapter 2, the verse 2. Now look, he says, as one, let's read together. One, two, loudly, go. That word desire means to hunger. When you are approaching the word of God, the attitude you need to develop is hunger. Lord, I'm hungry. I'm hungry for a word from you. I'm hungry for a word from you. As somebody who, who, who needs food to eat, spiritual food. And finally, the tenth approach is that the word of God must be attempted with prayer or attempted prayerfully. Attempted prayerfully. Attempted prayerfully. Attempted what? Prayerfully. Hear me. Don't just open your Bible and read. You know, some of you have been doing that thing. Just take your Bible and you start reading. It's a rude way of starting a journey. Um, okay, hold on. I'm coming out. I'm going to give an instruction soon. It must be attempted what? Prayerfully. So pray before you read the word of God. Please don't watch them. Watch me. Pray before you do what? You read the word of God. Have you realized that Apostle Paul, uh, come to Psalm 119 verse 18. Psalm 119 verse 18. He says, open down my eyes that I may behold what? Behold what? Wondrous things out of thy law. That means that, listen, you can open the Bible and the Bible cannot be opened to you. It is possible you can open the Bible and the Bible will not be opened to you. It is good to open the Bible, but it is better for the Bible to be opened to you. One is done by you, the other is done by God. So, when you open your Bible, it's a discipline. When God opens the Bible to you, it's revelation. So, before you cultivate the habit of the discipline of opening the Bible, you have to pray for the God who reveals in the word of God to open your eyes. That's why Apostle Paul prayed that you be filled with the knowledge of his will, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That you walk worthy of him. So you pray before you read your Bible. Please, are you following this? So in your devotion, anytime you're reading the Bible, anytime you're studying the word of God, this book is plain yet mystical. The author must open it to you. The author must teach you. Are you following this? You know, for example, um, when, you, when you buy, let's say, a television, it has a manual inside. The manual is designed in such a way that it is self-explanatory, right? So you don't need the manufacturer to be there, right? But it's not so with Bible reading. Though it's a manual, you need the manufacturer to help you understand it. Are you following this? You're going to bow down your head for a minute. You're going to ask the Lord to help you All the things I'm just sharing about your attitude. Go through them. Just ponder over them prayerfully. 
about the attitude. bless your name and adore you. We give you praise in Jesus name. Amen.